0: Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, I'm not even going to do my bit today because my guest, Ron Zimmerman, was just talking about the factor that we pre-record and that it's not live. Tell me what you're thinking.
1: I've, I mean, I've done live radio. Right. And, and, uh, and you know, I've acted in stuff and stuff. And, and to sit where you sit like with headphones and there's a thing in front of you that's that's flashing that's just on air and you're talking into a mic and for me I have to like I have to practically eat it because I talk slow and mumbly so so, I, so I'm talking to a mic to someone but if you've ever been in a studio before it's like this has to be live someone is hearing this somewhere there's somebody out there (laughs) there was no purpose for me to speak into a microphone to have driven and come to a studio to talk into a microphone and even pretend that nobody's listening right now but it airs tomorrow yeah, but there's got to be somebody. I, I mean, I. There's no, you know, it's, it's like I, I, my mind can't even wrap itself around doing this, and nobody's hearing it. <laughs> <Why not? laughs> you know, I, so you can imagine if I, I, if I'm the tree in the woods, right. <laughs> it doesn't
0: make a fucking sound. <laughs> Absolutely not. So you said you, uh, you were on a drug for thirty years. Yeah. What was that?
1: Uh, a, a drug that's, you know, an antidepressant family drug, a, a cousin, I guess, an uncle. It would be more of an uncle, uh, for, called an MAO inhibitor. All right. And, see, I'm even doing this, like, I'm imagining, like, there's a doctor listening to this right now.
0: There is. You know, that, that, just so think, there's a doctor listening right now.
1: Um, so, anyway, uh, uh, so it's a drug that 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 really... I did a little research on it and found out that that it's more powerful than than an antidepressant. An MAO inhibitor is 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 a more specific thing to your brain and and uh, I've been taking uh, now I, I learned all this within two weeks. I've been taking double the dose you're supposed that you should take for thirty years, and and the first ten. You know, I, I, I everything was great. And but for 20, I've been pretty miserable and <laughs> and, and not known why until I, I like looked it up. And, and I've had, you know, an ex-wife, a girlfriend. And they all said, why don't you stop taking that fucking drug? It's just making you miserable. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think I'd be miserable anyway. Like well, you're more miserable.
0: So you you never you never even took a break. You just you. Kept... I, I
1: I took a I tried to get off of it once fifteen years ago, but the withdrawal symptoms were so horrible.
0: Like what were the withdrawals?
1: Well, they say if you if you you can look it up, you know, right now, and it'll say this. It's a laundry list of stuff, but it, basically, it's it's like getting off of heroin, and you're supposed to take. Uh, this should take about six months to do it, the way you're supposed to do it. I, need, I have to do it in a month. All right. So I'm like, I, I, you're, you're catching me. I am in the throes of literally, I, I just went, I, I I tapered it, but I did it, the whole thing in one week. So I went from 100 milligrams a day to zero, <laughs> tapering off a little bit a day, you know, like 20, 20, 20. So I've been zero the last two days. First week, it was great. Last week, I had the best week. I, I was like, Where's the withdrawal symptoms? This is idiotic. Today, the first two days in the last two days since I've been on zero milligrams, I might as well be, you know, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm like, like uh, Sid Vicious, you know, trying to kick. <laughs> Where I'm up all night last night with the chills and the cold sweats and nightmares, like the most horrible nightmares you, the, the, beyond human imagination, beyond my own imagination. I woke up, and from one of them in a in a panic last night, grabbed my dog. This is my my niece here. She she knows this. I grabbed my dog, ran down the stairs of my apartment. Because I was convinced that like there were people in there ready, you know, to come kill me, and it was, of course, my parents or something, and and, and I jumped out of bed and, and was just like picked up the dog and started to run. <laughs> You know, and, and then I have to stop myself and go, okay, okay, it's 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 the withdrawal, it's the withdrawal. It's,
0: you know, it's so funny the way withdrawals are. I mean, I I would I withdrew from smoking, which is nothing big, but I got out of the hospital two and a half years ago, I had a heart problem, and I was like, hey, I can smoke or I cannot smoke. You know, I really want to smoke cigarettes anymore, and that was that was an easy one for me because. As I go off I keep smoking I might have a heart attack and die so I stop but for right. but for this withdrawal I mean it's like this it, it's a lot more stronger than a cigarette because oh, yeah. a cigarette you might get oh well I want one or you might right. you get a craving but this I mean when you're when you're this are screwed is your up, mind
1: right you know this is your mind that's just being ripped apart you know you know I mean yeah i I had to i i Today, this morning was so horrible. I woke up and and it was like, my, I, you know, literally, I think my flesh was crawling off of itself. You know, <laughs> it was just like rainbows of of colors on my arms and legs, and 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 it was just you know riddling through me, and I'm you know in a cold sweat, sick, and everything hurts, and and so just to get here, you know, it's, it's been like a Herculean. Effort to get here and and that's why I say I'm stoned because I was in the car and and my niece drove me here and 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 I'm in the car we pull up and i'm like i I'm too miserable, you know you couldn't canceled speak. <laughs> she said that too, but I was like, no, you have because in my head, this is live, okay, <laughs> so, because you can't speak into a microphone and not hear somebody yeah. somebody out here, so I was like, oh, of course, I can't cancel you know. His whole home audience must be waiting. <laughs> and so, no, I didn't cancel. So, I was like, okay, I got to smoke this special dope that my friend gave me. You know, that's supposed to be like, I have two bags of pot. This is it like my medic, you know, my, my withdrawal pot? One says, you know, sleep. Right. One says, not sleep.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Now, where'd you grow up?
1: Uh, well, back east or, yeah, back east for sure. Cause, I was born in the Midwest, grew up back east on the East Coast.
0: Okay, because I grew up back east too. But it's funny when you talk about pot. I mean, back back east when I was growing up, the pot was like in a bag with seeds. It right. wasn't like now. It's like sleep pot. Now it's like a friend of mine sells. Yeah. My friend of mine sells cannabis beef jerky.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm like whoa, it's crazy. Yeah, it's as if uh, uh you, you know, it's stuff like. I mean, I've always made you know I prefer to ingest pot so for you know for like 20 years or so I've made chili with pot okay and you know you you eat dinner and you get really wasted in a in a better I think a better way than just smoking and and uh, and, you know and that's like like, wow I could have you know, if I had figured out how to market that.
0: Right, chili, I mean, it would have been perfect. Chili pot. Because I mean, you know. then you sit there and you don't have the munchies because you eat and right. then it kills it. Because I know a guy who sold uh, uh, cannabis pizza crust. And I'm right. like, what? That's brilliant. Because
1: everybody thinks that somehow it only works in brownies. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's either It's, either, it's got to be in a, a candy form. Yeah. You know, yes, a, a, a pot... Little sucker thing, a hard candy that will work. Brownies, we've had, we've tested, we know right. that works. But, <laughs> but how could how could if you if you cooked pot in eggs? How could that work too? Right, it's impossible. It doesn't have the right, you know, it doesn't have the right corn syrup content or something. You know, but it's like so to me, it's like I don't understand why there isn't. And are probably I guarantee with all the states going. Uh, uh, you know, is, is no, uh, you know, as legal. This will there there will be whole lines oh, yeah. of of you know
0: canned pot chili pot yeah. everything. How did you choose to decide to put it in chili, and did you have to melt? I mean, how? What is the process of making you know, pot it, chili?
1: I, to me, it's exactly the same process as growing pot. Okay, which is you know, I've I've grown pot. I grew pot for. and I'm not I don't even smoke very much pot I used to I've grown pot because I had seeds okay (laughs) and I'll grow anything that I have a seed of so I started growing it just like yo I got these pot seeds you know and threw them in the ground And, 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 and so every house I've lived in has had giant pot I haven't had to buy pot in 25 years i still have a bag from you know oh this was like my house from 1994
0: (laughs) and so mine is marked by the year that i grew it the vintage yeah he's got the he's got the the good the 94 pod but
1: but you know what that's the part about growing pod i was going to say is 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 there is no people go oh well you know oh look see that was a bad one and and it's got to be a male and a female and this one's got to sprout with the buds and you know, I've grown pot for years. When I've had to, when I've been moving out of a house, I grab whatever's in the ground, <laughs> tie it upside down, put it in the closet. It dries, I smoke, and I get high. There you go. Right? I don't know if they're females and males, and I just think, oh yeah, some made flowers, some didn't. <laughs> what the fuck? It's all pot, right? <laughs> And, and then you ask somebody else, and they go, none of the buds have to be this, and, and it has to be that, and you got to have the right oils and all this shit just to grow it. And it's like, no. Well, it's the same to eat it. Right. You know, fry it in a fucking egg, <laughs> and it will do the same thing. You have to heat it. Just like smoking it heats it. you got to heat pot to get the shit out of it. Right. To get you high, that's all. It's not, this is, you know, it, it, it's... If I can figure this out, everybody should be able to figure this out. Put it in anything that's hot, and then then eat it, or shove it up your ass. It'll still get you high. It doesn't matter. You can like pot suppositories. It still would sell. That would, as long know. as you've heated the pot up, heat it, you know, heat it up, stick it in your ass, and, and you'll get high.
0: You know? <laughs> I get. I want to ask you, what made you decide after thirty years to get off the? The medic, cause, just because you did all of a sudden you did research for two weeks and you decided to get off this medication or no, was it in the back of your head? or No,
1: I've thought about it because so many friends or, you know, particularly girlfriends have said like, like, you know, said you, you have to, this medicine is making you just horrible. You know, you just, nobody should be this down all the time. You know, so I would say, Oh, you know, Hey, what do you take those red pills for? Eight hundred times a day, you know, and, and I have to take this or else I'm not, you know, or else I'll get I'll, I'll get bummed out, right. you know? <laughs> Bummed out. <laughs> you can't be more bummed out. Just those must be making you as bummed out as you are. And, and so I was just, stop taking those fucking things. Anyway, I, I I hit a level of being bummed out where uh, actually, you, you know, I. I can't even get a girlfriend to tell me to stop taking them now because I'm so bummed bad. and been bummed out from taking them. So I was like, well, you know what? I got to try something, you know, what, how can I fix myself? What's the only constant in my life? You know, because what usually whatever that is, that's something you probably should stop doing. So it's like with you smoking, you know, okay. You go, what's the thing I do every day right. that's really important to me that, 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 probably isn't good for me but I do it every day because I think that somehow it's the greatest thing you go smoking okay there an easy thing to cut out with me it was like okay what do I do every day that I you know that's like smoking that I that I I'm just do by you know you know I I do without a second thought Hmm. be sad (laughs) (laughs) so I was like well yeah I'm sad every day Let's see, maybe I should try cutting out the sadness. Now what what do I ingest? <laughs> you know, that's making me sad, you know. Like, Why is my mind affected? What's the only thing I do every day? I take those little red pills. Right. <laughs> that I have to take. Yeah. <laughs> because a doctor told me thirty years ago, you have to take these for the rest of your life. Because you're so fucked up. These are the only things keeping you from being, you know. Whatever, totally insane, or turning into the Hulk, or right. you know, you know, a werewolf, something horrible, or just you, you die. You know, you wither own die without these pills. So I, that's you know, it's it's uh, Stockholm syndrome with pills. Uh, you know, I guess what they call addiction, but but it's not because it's mind addiction. Because I've stopped, and and even though I feel so horrible, I'm not taking those right to feel better. Even I mean, that would right me. But I was so bad that it's like, no, I, I got to try this because, you know, I'm just, I'm losing friends right and left. You know, everybody's, everybody hates me. But you, know?
0: so, <laughs> well, you can laugh about it. So that's, you know? See, that's what, if you are on the pills you couldn't laugh about it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm i so, i become so, so horrible that even like, 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 you know, we're talking about Xander Berkeley, who's a good friend of mine, like, 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 you know, I think one of the greatest uh, Actors of, of, of this whole generation, you know, and and uh, and I've been hanging out with him lately, you know, and, and I haven't in in also in about thirty years, and and I realized just hanging out with him, I like hanging out with him so much, which I had forgotten. What I also what had also changed is that he wasn't really liking hanging out with me very much, you know. And <laughs> nobody wants to admit that, but but I could tell I was bugging him. You know, because it was like this guy used to be great. Holy shit! You know, you know, honey, he's awful. Why don't we get away from him? <laughs> you know, he's bringing me down. Now, now you've known him for thirty years. Yeah. Now how did you meet him? He was in my very first pilot that okay. I sold, which
0: was what? What was
1: that? Called Doctor Paradise, and uh, it starred Frank Langella. It okay. was the the only time Frank Lange- the first time Frank Langella had done television, so it was a big deal, and and uh, he had only done movies and and in Broadway. He he had become actually a big star on Broadway. Frank Langella. Google him, you'll see. Oh, he's great. Uh, uh, I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know um, they're right here. So anyway, if you Google this guy, you'll see he he was he did he did a the play Dracula on Broadway and became one of the first rock stars. On Broadway, really, where chicks were waiting in line, and and I remember my mother and her girlfriend going up to New York from D.C. to to see Dracula, you know, to see Frank Langella play Dracula, because chicks just went nuts over this. And uh, um, so, and then he'd done done some movies, but but uh, anyway, he, to get him to do a TV pilot was a big deal, and. Uh, and and I got a theme song that was really great by Kid Creole and the Coconuts. You remember that? Yeah. And uh, and they put it on a record. It's on one of their records. the 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 the, 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 title, the show title Doctor Paradise. And They did a great theme song and uh, uh, anyway, Xander played the shrink that prescribed these pills for me. <laughs> okay. Is who, who Xander's character was in that pilot? Okay. That's funny. I, I'm so stoned this is what I'm remembering, uh, too. It's like I haven't thought about that in thirty years.
0: That's a great um, that's great though.
1: But yeah, everything ties up, you know. Yes, the guy that got me in the spot I'm in now is the character <laughs> Xander Berkeley played in a pilot for CBS in like nineteen ninety three called <laughs> Doctor Paradise.
0: <laughs> how how did you get into T V writing? I mean, what, did you did you do stand up first or were you straight up with just did, tri- did stand up first. And, What's that? Uh,
1: I did stand-up first, and then uh, some. A, a girl broke my heart in New York. I was in New York, and a girl broke my heart. And I had read uh, in this book by Somerset Maugham that the only salve for a broken heart is miles. So taking that in mind, and uh, I sound really, really, you know, very, very literate Quoting Somerset Mom, and I should say, by the way, I never went to high school. Okay, so I never at, went to high school. So I know that that it sounds really good. That I'm like, oh, and by you know, Somerset Mom inspired me. You know, <laughs> no, I never got past the ninth grade. So I'm an idiot. I was a
0: butcher before I was a stand up comedian. No, no, how'd you so, okay? No, how'd no. you become a butcher? Because that interests me. Because I, you know, I I, 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 I miss the butcher. I miss the butcher. Like you, you know, you used to get like good meat dances. Yeah. Now you're like everything's Wrapped up, right, and then you go to Ralph's, and it's like they yeah, don't right. cut it for you. If you go, hey, can I get a? I just want a half a pound of like filet, because I just want a little. Thing. Right. And they're like, oh, we have that. And it's like, you tell me, you can't go in the back and just yeah. cut a piece. I used to, when I lived in San Diego. I used to go to, in downtown. There was a butcher, and you would go, and you would he would sit there, and, and when he had the leftover, he goes, oh, make this for carne asada, and he'd cut the tips, and it was great. So how did you become a butcher? I mean, that's a good art. Was, I think it's uh, a great art. I think it's a it's, a, it is, it's, a, it it's is. a it's a missing profession these days.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh uh Yeah, there were you know, it was well, I this was in D C and this little like a mar- little family market that my that was my grandfather's that like my family worked at and they and part of it was an old time butcher shop. And because I was I couldn't get through high school to save myself and and my dad i understood like, like he he his feeling was i have a you know i had an older brother that was one of those you know he'll be a millionaire by the time he's 30 you know and, and and uh and i was the one that that was like you know what why don't you go to the store and train and be a uh, and learn to be a butcher because you can always a union thing, and you can always get a job. <laughs> right? You know, because nobody's ever going to put a fucking calculator in your hand and say, you know, hey, tally that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like get a knife and start cutting shit. That's what you're going to be good at. <laughs> you know? You're obviously you're an idiot. You can't get through high school. You can't even get through the ninth grade. You can't get as high as Jethro from the Beverly Hills in school. <laughs> And and you know we better teach you how to do something you know and you and you're no carpenter so what can we teach you well let's teach you how to cut meat <laughs> there's some everybody you know if you, you can always move to the country and and you know cut meat what do you do for a living I can cut up a side of beef <laughs> you could be a a hunter's assistant if the world ends you know so. uh yeah, so I I was I was apprentice butcher, in, when I was fourteen, and in D.C. and then and then you know I graduated to butcher, and then you become a teamster too. So I had the greatest health insurance in the, in the in America until I was twenty eight years old, and could join the Writers Guild and then get the the second best uh,
0: insurance. So it's easy to be on those red pills because you always had them covered.
1: Well, that's true. I never paid I Actually, I never paid more than like 2% right. for those red pills, and I got a million of them. I have them hoarded for, you know, I probably have 10
0: years' worth of these. Now, how did you trans? you know, it's not transfer, how did you go from being a butcher to doing stand-up? And what started your path? Because you've written.
1: I, I always wanted to be in show business of any form, and at the time, I had done, like, theater in maryland you know in baltimore and in maryland you know like local theater shit because i knew i I just wanted i I wanted now now i think i'm on tv it's worse how when i was on the howard stern show he used to make fun of me because i i would i was so sure not only was there a live audience but that i that they could see me too so i would act out stuff (laughs) And then, and then feel weird because it's like, but I'm just now I'm acting for the person I'm talking. You know, like I'm just acting for him. And and I showed up on the Howard Stern show at six in the morning, be, right, uh, three months before the first Spider-Man movie came out, um, in a Spider-Man costume, and and. It never once occurred to me that it wasn't until I was sitting in the place that Howard goes, yeah, you know, it's really funny. What's even funnier to me is that you wore a costume to a radio show. (laughs) He said, not only a costume, but like, uh, you know, you got it from Marvel. It's the, at the time, you know, before the movie, it it was pre the Tobey Maguire costume. So. So this was the one, like, from Disneyland. I mean, this was the real Marvel Spidey costume that I was wearing, the definitive Spider-Man suit, and I go, oh, it's trouble. I, I mean, I had gone to Marvel. The, the, the editor-in-chief, my friend Joe Casada, was, like, there with me, you know, because you can't let that costume go out on the street alone, you know? So we had to walk, you know, he had to go with me to guard what, the fucking costume. What, I wore a costume to radio. Show. What What
0: made you decide to wear the costume?
1: I knew the Spider Man movie was coming out. Right. Everybody was and I knew Howard was all excited about it, as I was. And we had talked about it on his show and so we were both really excited and, and, and because I, I'm I'm some kind of a show business retard, I, I thought that if you're talking to a microphone, people can see you, they can hear you, you know, no matter what. Nothing, you know, if if there's a button, if it's electricity and there's a button on it. Somebody's hearing you if right. it's on. <laughs> Unless it's, somebody says it's off now, then stop talking into the microphone. When the other person stops talking to the mic, that's how you know it's off. You know, it's like it's. A, I remember uh, uh, somebody t- teaching me uh, how to act in how to like act in front of a camera, which is the, uh, totally different from this. But it, the only thing it's the same. They go, okay, you look at the camera when the, when the red light on that camera turns on and it's pointing at you start acting right <laughs> when the red light goes off and it's not pointing you stop acting <laughs> no matter what else is going on around you all you need to worry about is, is is that camera and that red light and and you know and of course the first three scenes I would do like as soon as the camera went off of me I'd stop and then the other person is waiting for my line you know <laughs> but you know because I thought it was over I'm like getting coffee <laughs> you <know? laughs> no you're doing a scene idiot you know so, so,
0: so I, I want to get back to you. So the, the miles. You said, well, first of all, the, the comedy. You started doing comedy. Yeah, like, were you were like were just, when like Rich Scheidner was doing comedy? Yeah. You guys all like,
1: yeah, because
0: Scheidner yes. told me how like there was nowhere to do comedy really, and you guys just started doing comedy.
1: Yeah, in in DC, Rich was was like, Rich was this. Rich has always been kind of a bigger than life person. If you obviously you know, him. yeah yeah I mean Rich Scheidner is, is this is another literary reference, but', but it's, it's true. Uh, uh, there's a, a the, the book on the road, Kerouac. The Jack Kerouac book. There's, there's him, and then there's D, Dean Moriarty. It's like the star of this book based on a real guy named Neil Cassidy. that was Jack Kerouac's best friend. And Rich is like a real life Dean Moriarty. You know, he, he just he's a force of nature person. You know, and he goes on the road, and he's always moving, and you know, there's nobody that that's. I'll drop another name, but Bill Maher has always said, "There's nobody better to trip with than Rich Eisen," okay, <laughs> because because the only you know. As long as you're with Rich Scheidner, no matter how fucked up you are, you know you're going to get home right. safe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he, he some of his stories, yeah. you sit there and you go, yeah. his stories when he performed in Alaska, you're like, oh, anyone else would have been dead. You know, it's like, how you even got to the stage? And he, right. And he's like, hey, hey, yo, so I'm sitting there. You know.
1: Every every story is, is, is you know, it's a story. Any, it could have happened to anybody except where he goes to get to the right. stories is, part, is the story, you know? <laughs> yeah, so we're in this hotel, and, uh, you know, we just, we flew to, Buda, to Budapest and then, and, and then we're in Alaska. <laughs> like, we were going to do Budapest and
0: then they said, no, you're, you're actually, you're working at the, uh, the ho-ho club. We're going to feature, we're going to feature in Budapest right. and I'm, I'm a headliner. So we went to Alaska. We got on a plane, the guy gets me and back then you can get yeah, me to but, say, the guy got me over there. Right. So, so, so you guys were doing stand up in the DC area.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh. And I just you know that was like that was the end that was an entrance into show business. That's all that I knew, and it didn't matter. I you know I was an actor, and then I started. the The only gift I had was I could watch pretty much anything and do it. Okay. So I watched uh, stand up comics for a weekend, and then I went home and you know and then I wrote an act of stand up comedy because it's like oh, there you know this looks faster than theater. You know, somehow look like this is a better road right into that in you know back to l a which i I lived here when I was five to ten, and then we moved back east it was and i everything then was just what? How do I get back to there? So well, from, it's
0: true. Cause I get 10 years old till, till it took me to, I was 26. Yeah. And when you, when you grow up, you know, I grew up back East too. When you sit there now, when I, you know, when you move out here, you're like, Oh, I'm not going back. He's like, I, I was, my girlfriend who lives out here. Now we're in a long distance relationship. And I we go back there for, uh, once a month for two years. And in the winter, I'm going, Hey, yeah, this is why I got out of here. I mean, I said, you know, it's there's less traffic. It's not, you know, this. Yeah. I'm like, there's nothing like coming, uh, getting out, getting up in February, and taking a walk in the afternoon in shorts. And you're like, you know, back east, you got to put on 18 bundles. And I gotta gloves. say,
1: I, I'm, I'm over the weather here, Right? Yeah, because I've been here so fucking long. You know, 30 years is, is, is. uh. It's a long time. It's well over half my life. So this really is like where I'm from now. It's in. The, it's in the DNA, which is why I can't get a, get out of here. You know, I tried to leave two years ago this April. I, I I'm like I consider I've been here so long that I consider uh, um, L.A. You know slash Hollywood show business to me. It's pap. It's it's Devil's Island, and I'm Papia. Okay. You know, that's all this place is to me. It's Devil's Island now. It's like, you have to fight to survive. You gotta fight to even have a life. I'm 56, you know. I've done everything here. There's There's nothing left for me to do. I've met everybody I could possibly meet. My real life has, you know, in show business, has exceeded my wildest fantasies. I got what I came to get. And I, you know... Am, am I worth a hundred million dollars? You know, Sam Simon money. No, right. But I still got to experience everything that I ever wanted to. And you know, some people, you, you know, didn't come here to experience everything that I've experienced. I did. You know, I came for the whole fucking ride. <laughs> you know, it's like I wanted to have a band, so I started a band, and people came to see us. What well, you, you play? Know? Nothing. I was. I just You're wanted thinking. to front a band. Okay. <laughs> and I wrote poetry, and I wanted to, like, sing my, my poems. So, you know, so I started a blues band, and I wanted to act in a movie. So I figured out a way, you know, so I, I took a job rewriting somebody's movie conditionally that I would have a part in it, <laughs> you know, so that I could be an actor in a movie, you know, and... and uh, it's it's taken me all this time to to figure out that 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 what I I keep waiting for a career to start that's done <laughs> you know because I thought well okay uh, I never was any one thing but now I've realized at fifty six it's because I got to do everything right and I'm just not one of those people like again like like. Sam Simon is a good example because he's trending on everything. And he was a friend of mine. And, and, you know, he was known for a thing. The Simpsons. Right. And that's that's who what his career was. Even though he did a lot of other stuff, his career was The Simpsons. He was defined, his career was defined by that. His life was defined by an interesting life, too. But most people are just defined by a thing. And so, so I just realized, oh... I'm defined by my entire experience here, because I started as a as a stand up, and anybody that's a stand up, you're just you're just a life commentator with with jokes, you know. <laughs> like you you can ta- you can talk about life and make it funny. That's the only difference between a comedian and and, and anybody else, right? You know. So uh, uh, yeah, so that was that was a lot easier than acting. I was <laughs> like, oh, I don't have to memorize shit. Right, I'd rather do that. <laughs> I I don't have to speak other people's bad words. I'll do that. Then I got. Then I I start. I I would sell jokes. Uh, sometimes, if I, you know, when people, you moved out here, when I when I was still in New York, when I was still in D.C., even you know, I sold a couple of jokes here. You know, I'd go up to like headliners from New York, Richard Belzer and. You know, I go, hey, I, I was watching you, and, and I'd have written a joke because I could write in his kind of, you know, I'd figure out a rhythm and right. I could write like that. So I'd write a joke and then on a napkin or something, I'd go, you, you want to do this? You think this is funny? And he'd go, yeah. And would give me 50 bucks. know, <laughs> So so it was like, oh, okay, well, here, now he knows me and thinks that I'm funny because he gave me money for a joke so that's good you know and, and i'll get known and i did uh, you know i got more known for a you know kind of a kid i was much younger than than them I, you know i was 17 when i started doing that uh, you know so that um but but yeah i mean i got known uh as like this kid that hung around you know that did a, a, a weird act but wrote really good jokes because you People would have to say I, my I wrote good jokes because they were stealing them or I was selling them. Right. <laughs> you know, so you, you know, you can't you can't insult somebody if you're you know if you're gonna steal from somebody you can't insult the shit that you stole. Right. <laughs> you know. So, like, so what a shit car, hey, yeah. you stole it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, well, why didn't you steal a car you liked? You know, it's like you're right, it's a good car. You know, that's why people steal Cadillac because they're good.
0: You, know, you steal a Mercedes because it's a good car. Do you know what the number one stolen car out in LA is though? Well, I guess a Prius, but a Camry. A camera? For years. Really? I mean, it's constantly on the top list. Of I wonder why camera. that is. I don't know. Maybe it's
1: because they're hard to, to, to notice. I don't know. Maybe. It's, you know, it's, it's so like, easy for, to hide. It's, yeah. It'd
0: be very hard to find those cars. And you know. don't see a lot of them, but you don't see a lot of them in the car chases. That's the one thing I right. I saw, this is no lie, last week they had one of those Box trucks. Like a U-Haul truck was in a car chase. Wow. And I'm thinking, that's a guy with balls. Yeah. Because if you sit there and go, catch me in a U-Haul truck, you got balls. Well, or you just really
1: want to get caught. Right. And you're you're smart enough to figure, you know, well, you know, I'm going to get, I want a bunch of publicity. You know, I want to be somebody for a day. I want to be queen for a day. What could I do? you mentioned you
0: know, start a car chase exactly. in the U-Haul <laughs> well, I'll get here, on the
1: news they, they, I'll be they, famous for
0: They lay, they play it forever when well, my girlfriend moved out here she's watching a TV show and she goes what the hell is this I go oh don't worry about it you know my friend visited a while ago from New Jersey he stayed and I said yeah you've never seen the car chases and he's here for two days gets here like in the first 20 minutes he's he's a car chase he goes are they going to change the channel now I'm like no they just keep it this way <laughs> they keep it all day they'll keep it until the guy gets caught then the guy will take his shirt off and run through the valley <laughs> So how do you know stern i know you you'd worked with howard um when I was in d c
1: when I was seventeen uh, howard was was doing uh howard was doing his show in d c and uh, and the and the the wherever he did his show which was a nighttime show uh somewhere right near where he worked you know his station was was one of the first comedy clubs in d c there garvin's. was only
0: three was it garvins no,
1: no. yes okay. yeah it was garvin's and and he went he walks to garvins It was a restaurant you know like back in the eighties a restaurant at a bar with a comedy club installed because that really that whole period was it really was a second uh, um
0: vaudeville yeah, it was, i'm excited to have there's places everywhere yeah. you go to a ground right. round oh, yeah, but, I mean, a that's,
1: but people don't understand and even we didn't understand those that were in it didn't understand at the time and still don't label it as such where they you know they'll go like you know uh, um you know the great depression and that we were in something you know that was almost the great depression uh and it's the same vaudeville was a was exactly what the 80s was where there were clubs, it just they didn't work. There was no expression for comedy clubs. They were just shows, showcases, shows, and, and but they were in every restaurant, just like comedy clubs were. You know that, and that's where Jack Benny and Milton Berle and, and and the Marx Brothers and all the people that became famous, just like Bill Maher, Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David, you know, Jay Leno, all those people. Well, they came out of another vaudeville. And they became two generations comedians, just like when I was a kid. When they were kids, there was Jack Benny and Bob Hope and all those guys who had come from their version of the same thing—comedy clubs. You know, comedy clubs of. Uh, by, and by the way, Rich Scheidner is a com, is a comedy historian. Oh yeah, and can talk about, better than me about all this stuff, about you know the the, the history of comedy clubs per se. And that's what those were. That's what, where he comes from. Bill Maher, Seinfeld, all those people. And then, then you know, there's I'm I don't even know what the gen- the generation after us is. The, is Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller, and they all were in comedy clubs. <laughs> you know, all started
0: in comedy clubs. Right. And uh, um, so. And Stern used to come to the comedy club. So so
1: Stern right Stern. Yes. Steer me back into my lane, please. <laughs> sir, <laughs> I'm, I'm stoned. Please sir, steer me back into the lane where I was driving. I veered off. All right. <laughs> I'm in the woods there. So, are yeah.
0: you doing the hands thing?
1: Yeah. All help. you need is a Spider-Man right. outfit. <laughs> oh. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. Come on, can't you people see these incredible moves I'm doing? Waving my hands to show Trapped. (laughs) Oh, no. Now I'm pushing one out like I'm looking for something. See, I'm holding him out like I'm looking for something. So I'm acting for you. You just can't see it because I I really did. I do feel like, like this is a camera in here, too. You know? and and when I when I was on Howard's
0: show well he could he would come see you and that's where he saw you or yeah
1: that's where we, he first saw me do stand up and invited me I, w- I was like the first stand up ever on his radio show in DC and uh, and then so we were you know out, he came up to me after I did my act and he said like like, dude are you really like that and, and I was like yeah I guess and, and, and I had he saw me I had picked a fight with a bunch of black like, like it was a black club right and there were g- these you know some giant badass guys that were heckling me and i and I was this little skinny like like long haired freak you know red headed kid on this stage, and I'm going you know and I'm yelling at i mean he he can he tells the story better you know he says you know that I'm yelling at a table full of huge black guys going, you know hey, shut the fuck up, or I'm gonna come off that stage and kick your ass you know so, uh, uh, yeah, if you don't put the headphones on, you can't even hear me. No, <laughs> <So, laughs> <it's like, what? laughs> I heard you. It's my earrings. What? Um, so, uh, uh, so he, so he comes up to me and he says, Are you for real? Were you really, you know, I was like, Well, yeah, I mean, I get pissed off. You know, the guys I'm trying to do my act, you know, I wrote a whole fucking act. I mean, I was not professional about it. I just, you know, well, I wrote a whole act. I, you know, it's like I'm trying to do a play and they're talking, you know, and, uh, and then he said, "You know, I, I I'm on the radio. I I am like I I play a character that's as crazy as you seem to really be." And I was like, "Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just you know. I, I, but I you know I, I've always been very emotional. Howard isn't as as like I am, you know. So he has me on his show, and and uh, and then we stayed friends. I don't know how or why really, because I there's there's you know." A, half a decade will go by where we won't talk but then we will and it's just like you know I guess that's that's a lifelong friend is where you know you don't hear from I haven't heard from Howard since like I don't know last summer and uh, and then and then because our Sam Simon was a guy that I introduced Sam Simon to Howard Stern okay so uh so Sam was our mutual became our mutual friend, and, and, and I guess he was better in touch with both of us than we were with each other. so you kind of Sam was like a bridge, you know, became that and, 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 uh, and then uh, so we, taught, we we were in touch while Sam's been sick, okay, like, like really sick, so, so for the last year and a half or so, we've been in more touch than usual and then and then, obviously he died, so we've been in close touch but but I don't know and, when, and then when Jackie quit the show about whenever this comic book came out, so this was about nineteen, I brought this comic book because it's 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 only famous it Should be famous for more because it's actually a good good book, but it was a- one, what do they call one shot and uh and and what they let me do that, that they hadn't done in comics, except rarely they did. Stan Stanley did it now and then, but not not as much in real life. Nonetheless, um, this kind of guest stars, real celebrities that I knew at the time that I wrote it, that, okay. that were so Sam Simon and his ex-wife Jennifer Tilly are in the you know are drawn as into the book as themselves. Al Pacino and Beverly D'Angelo, um, and Howard are all the guest stars. Oh, and Jay Leno okay. are all guest stars of this book. So. Uh, so I, I was thinking about it because I, I I put a picture of it up on Twitter or something because uh, there's a you know there's like a little scene with Sam Beverly D'Angelo Jennifer Tilly and J Jonah Jameson <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, uh uh anyway so Howard and I when Jackie quit about twelve years ago you didn't even steer me back. Um,
0: I know, I knew when, you were going back I was going straight back but you, when, I knew you had your focus you <laughs> when, got your focus now
1: when Jackie quit about 12 years ago um, uh, he, he Howard, Howard is you know he's very neurotic so he has his studio set up a certain way and that chair where Jackie was was going to be empty and freak him out so he said you know hey, if you want to come to New York for a month or so and just like get a free trip to New York and a hotel and you know fuck around just come and just like write write some jokes. Do whatever you want. Just sit in sit in that chair where Jackie was. So I have somebody to talk to, basically. <laughs> you know, so I, I need someone to talk to over there. So I was like, yeah, okay. So I came here. Somehow it turned out like like I was an, somebody wrote like it was an audition or something, which it, it never was. It was I, I you know I it never moved back to New York right, right. And, and just to get up at six in the morning, but. uh uh but it was you know it was fun it lasted about 6 weeks so it seemed like you know obviously if you're on 5 days a week it seems like you know, you, you you've you've done a million shows so you do it, it's it's it was strange how well known I, you get from 6 you know 6 months of being on the Howard Stern show when you figure he's done it, you know 20 years right and and six, 6 weeks of this and my at the time I I came back and my, uh, I hired a, uh, a guy to spray my, uh, you know, an exterminator, spray something, ants or something. And and he came in, I was talking to him, he goes, I know you, I know your your voice. And then, and then you know, he's like, oh, I, I listen to Howard every morning. And, you know, he had such a huge audience when he was on r- regular radio. People don't even remember, but I asked the producer, Gary, one time, I said, how many... How many people do you do you know like like can you figure out like rate like TV ratings? how many people watch listen to this show every day, every episode and uh, and he goes, well that that I can't tally all that up. It's different every day. I mean it's roughly the same every day, but he said he said, uh, we, you know the ratings for this is that it's nine million listeners. Per segment, and they change, but it 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 ends up, you know. He said, so it it it's a completely different demographic from the beginning of the show until the end of the show." Oh, yeah. Was, so there very few people listen to the whole thing, but there's always nine million people listening. And then I looked it up, and you know, I was like, "Wait a minute!" So the Tonight Show gets, you know, five six million. So at any given time, more people are hearing Howard Stern each segment than watching the fucking Tonight Show. So you didn't realize, that, you know, and like I said, my exterminator came over and said, like, you you were on the Howard Stern show. You know, I never paid anything. You know, It, it was like, oh, I got to see what it is. Right. To, to be at a, you know, to be known enough to where people stop charging you for shit. And, and, and then, you know, because it really was like, Instead of fifty, maybe with seventeen minutes of fame. You know, right. But, but then when it ends, it's like, "Hey, wait a minute! How come this fucking guy doesn't recognize my voice and give me it for free?" I <laughs> you know, "Where's that shit about you know? Hey, you're the guy that, that was in the Spider-Man costume on the Howard Sir show, you know?" <laughs> and and and, uh, and and you know, I have a certain amount of time goes by, and, and all of a sudden you you you, I, I like to call it, um you know, you 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 get. Uh, you you get famous and then you get and then you get uh, actually a friend of mine wrote part I sort of wrote this with a friend of mine a, a guy who died recently named Taylor Negron I don't I, know, I, if yeah. you know but he had this other word and I sort of figured out like the, there's a, a a way you you become famous and then you become Taylor's word famish right. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you know you're you're, you're you're in trouble when you become famous, <laughs> and you be, and you start out famous, and then you go, you get up to to famish, famous, famous. Right. And 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 that's where you're in trouble again, you know, and because the, the, and then really. And then you got to become famous again, right? Because <laughs> you're probably not going to become famous again. Right. But if you can become famous again, you get by. You right. know, you can always go to a con and sign pictures or
0: something. You know, it's, so well. Wait, but the, the the comic book you wrote that. Yeah. Now, now, did you write? Do you write a lot of comic books, or
1: I for a, for a well, I was saying you know these things are all part of one career. Right. You know? So for a year i stopped writing television shows stopped writing scripts ex- i just wrote for scripts for marvel comic books i took I, I took a year to just do that and and i wrote a lot of uh, i i once figured out it was because i don't type i type with two fingers so so i i i looked at, you know i like i added it all up just because i was amazed that i could type anything with just two fingers and it turned out i had typed um, Four thousand word, uh, yeah, so like four thousand pages, not words, pages, of comic books, in a, like a six month period. So I'm thinking, well, no wonder I have arthritis in my index fingers. I sat, there, I used to sit there and bang out comic books with two fingers, all day long for for months because. To make the money, not even, but to make close to the money I was getting writing scripts, writing comic books, you get paid by the page. Okay. I didn't know from, I knew nothing about getting paid from the page. It's like, it's like, what are you kidding me? I get, you know, I get $1,000 for the word page. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Am I write a sentence with the word page in it? That's two, that's two grand, you know, Uh um. And, the, and so my whole life was different.
0: I was like, "Oh, I have to write a million pages a day <laughs> to to pay for my house." You know? What did you? What, what made you get one to write comic books? Were you? A fan?
1: I've always loved comic okay. books. To me, writing comic books was was like such so much, uh, uh, you know, such a better gig than writing TV shows. I didn't know that all that at that time, comic book writers were dying to be. Uh, uh, to write on TV. You know, that was that was like the dream. Was was my life. And and mine and I thought comic artists, I held them in such high esteem. I thought that the right on, to write for TV was that was just lowballing so bad for a comic book author to write TV scripts. Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, I'd lose respect for the writer. <laughs> you know, it, it, was, like, it was ridiculous. And uh, and then of course you know years later that all turned around, and and it's like you know every every TV writer wants to write a comic book, you know to to have written a comic book. I mean, there's no every everybody that's on a hit show wants to write comic books. You know they all want to create a comic book, and because Walking Dead is from a comic book, you know comic books have really become different than just 12 years ago you know I wrote a comic book that that literally made pop culture history because it was the first time a gay character had been the title character of a comic book and, and that was a Marvel book okay. called The Rawhide Kid and, and it was like it was on the news it was the second story on the news after the, when the year the war started right? And it was like war you know, Marvel publishes first gay comic book character. You know, it, it, Jay. It, you know, all the tonight, the the talk shows were doing rawhide kid jokes and stuff. And and they, it was right before the, the Spider Man movie, which is why I wanted to wear right. the Spider Man <laughs> outfit on the Howard Stern show. See, I can get back in. in oh, yeah, you're back. Little, so you're back. So you're back. Yeah, so you you run I, off a little bit. No, Not... I go way off and then and then but that's and then good. Come back. I'm I'm a callback <laughs> king. You know, so. Uh, um. yeah so so my so my books were, were I mean me I had to go on uh, um, Crossfire because they were burning Marvel comic books in the south in the Bible Belt over this gay comic and the Spider-Man movie was coming out in a few months and the guy that owned Marvel was just so mad and, and I was like get rid of these fucking faggot comic books because this guy was the most misogynistic piece of shit in the world and stupidly, even though he did a lot of smart things, he doesn't own Marvel anymore anyway. But and and hated me, and I didn't. I didn't care for him either. Uh, um, but uh, but he he was so homophobic, which is a word that's not even allowed anymore in society. Right. There's no such thing as a homophobic person. You know, you can be the biggest redneck you can be, uh, some some hillbilly that runs around telling jokes with you know the quote N word all, all over them and 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 that and that's okay. But you say faggot, and even your parents will go like, "Hey, that no, I'm sorry, that's inappropriate." You know, uh, uh, you know why? So you know why why that is actually in this country? Why that? That is because this is the first time we've ever had a president. The first time we've ever had a black president who empowered the gays. He'll really—he's really the gay president, right? You know because he hasn't done shit for for black people, but he has made gays a race. You know, gays are like a fucking race now. It, it, it's it's like you know when I wrote these books, nobody—you know—gays were still way second class citizens, right? you know hugely it, that was a minority parents still weren't allowed you know they were still throwing their kids out if they were gay and that was just 12 years ago it, it was, you know in America that was just 12 years ago so a gay comic book hero was looked at like no nope. you know, right hey wait a minute no gays allowed and and it was it was about a year before that movie Broke Back Mountain came out and uh uh, and I remember when that movie won the Oscar. When that movie won the Oscar, I remember yelling at the TV, no, no, I invented the gay cowboy. I invented the gay cowboy. You know, this can't be happening.
0: <laughs> That's I, cool, though. You wrote that. Now, we have about five minutes left. Yeah. And uh, now, what do you work on now? I mean, you know, because I'm looking at your resume. You worked on, we talked about it before. We worked on Action, which was one of my favorite shows. But yeah. what are you, what are you working on now?
1: I have no idea. Nothing. Just I don't chilling? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get off these damn hills. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, right now, I want to move. I don't like where I live. Where do you I, want to move to? I keep moving. In the last two years, I've moved like five times. I keep moving and not liking where I go. Well, what, what, what areas have you lived in? I've lived everywhere from, from Malibu to Wabash, Indiana, or to a farmhouse in Wabash, Indiana. I, that's how many places I've tried. And I can't find like home anymore so i'm it's like i'm on my own in the world i don't know where to go i was talking to this guy a writer you probably probably know Alan Zweibel. yeah and and i've been talking to him about you know hey maybe i should come to new york you know and and you know join the friars club and like take my rightful spot among you know old jew comedians or something <laughs> and and uh and so now i'm thinking maybe i should do that uh, uh, you know, or maybe I should go to this woman in Chicago that I think I might be in love with, but I don't know. It, you know, so so it's like, and, and I have enough. I, luckily, I have enough money. I I can I can go where I want. I just don't know where to go. Okay, you know, and I can't live like a fucking chic everywhere, but I can live okay. You know, <laughs> but I I have no idea where where to go. I know I'm I've given up my apartment April fifteenth. Then I got to go somewhere. So
0: okay, so you you got to be somewhere. Okay.
1: Yeah, I gotta move somewhere April fifteenth, and I got a dog and
0: you know a bunch of shit. And L.A. is hard for dogs. Places are hard to get with dogs. If you no, the they're not. <coughs> oh, not really? one.
1: I mean, mine's not a not a little or big dog, medium. But but I had but but he actually is a service dog. Okay. And by law, that you can't. You know, not that everybody don't, you know, hey, people that are listening right now. Uh, well, I guess it still works. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, don't run out and get those phony fucking service dog things, you know, because it's, it's it's irritating. My dog actually performs a service. Right. <laughs> you, know, if I, you, know, if you, you know, at least, you know, it's against the law for somebody to ask what the dog does, but you should have something the dog does. Oh, yeah. Just in case, you know, what, you know, in case somebody grabs you and takes you out of the building. Right. He goes, hey, man, you better show me what that fucking service dog does, or I'm going to see if, it, if it'll guard you. We'll <laughs> know in five minutes if it's a guard dog, I can tell you that for sure. Because <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass unless you show me the service that fucking dog provides. You know? And if your dog isn't already on that motherfucker's leg, you're, you're going to have your ass kicked really bad, you know. So, uh, so you're
0: gonna move though. So we, yeah, yeah. Okay. I
1: I think I'm just gonna like I'm probably gonna head east, okay. and see
0: where where you it know, ends up.
1: Thankfully, because of like 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 shows like this and, and the internet in general, you're you're you know you kind of can be anywhere you want, really. Right. Even though L.A. and New York are still really the places to be, basically you can be anywhere else. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it just depends on on who hears you, I guess. Exactly. But, 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 uh, but well, certainly, you can I
0: want to thank you for coming on. This thank is fun. You. I, 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 I I hope I hope you kick the pills because oh I'm suck. gonna kick them. I mean you know I just I you know I've gotten rid of them all. <laughs>
1: one yeah. thing, and 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 but you yeah, have that good uh, insurance. They're and, still free. Yeah, but it's not it's not a withdrawal from an addiction. Right. It's, it's a withdrawal where you're sick as shit. Right. It's not like you're planning to go back to them. I'm not plan. I don't need the pills. I need to just have the shit that happens to my body be over.
0: <laughs> and then you're good. Yeah, I mean, there's no choice. Do you tweet? Yeah. What, what's your Twitter? What are you at? My name. At Ron Zimmerman. Yeah, Did so. you tweet a lot? I just started more than I used to. Okay, because i, I um, that's good. Follow him, people. Follow him at Ron Zimmerman. I want to thank you for coming yeah. on the show. So follow at Ron Zimmerman. Let me make sure that is what it is. It's, uh,
1: let's see, me. What's the me? Uh, wait. Wait. Yeah, it's, it's Ron uh, Flatline, Ron, Ron, Ron Flatline Zimmerman, Ron, <laughs> Ron underscore, underscore Zimmerman. It's yeah. so probably follow, better than
0: to put a yeah. Ron Flatline <laughs> Zimmerman. Follow Ron Zimmerman. <laughs> Ron underscores him at Twitter. Follow me at Twitter, at CooperTalk. Also, uh, check out my new website, StopTheSalt.com. It's my uh, low-sodium cooking for one without killing yourself. (gasps) It's the cookbook I wrote when I got out of the hospital. It's got 120 recipes, easy to make, no pictures. You won't get intimidated. Go buy it. It's ten bucks with three ninety-nine shipping and uh, you'll start living healthy. Wow. So do that. So yeah, I had to do that. And so yeah, cool. so follow Ron underscore Zimmerman. Uh, please follow him because I'm sure his tweets are funny, because he's funny as hell. And uh, follow me at Cooper Talk and don't forget the cookbook, stopthesalt.com Find all my old episodes at Coopertalk.com. There's three hundred and fifty of them. So that's about it. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables. Take your vitamins. You guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week.